All right. Go ahead. Take a, take a burden off. Have a seat. <laughs> it's harder to, to actually get all of this in my hands than I thought it would be. Uh, we're going to dismiss children up to the third grade. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's really hard to... Uh, to sing like this. I, I'll just let you know, I did not anticipate that. But, um, you know, <sighs> truth be told, some of you this morning feel the way I look, don't you? I mean, you come to church and... Hey, hey bud. Hi. Oh, wow. Well, thanks, thanks. Appreciate that. Holy cow, Trey, what's in this bag? Okay. Oh. Wait, Jed, wait, 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 wait. I need you to take this for me, too. Oh, all right, all right, we got it. You got it. We got got it. it. Oh, look at that. Just thank you. Thank you, Nathan. Yeah, that's that's perfect right there. I think we got this. Hey, sweetie. You forgot your... um... I Just somewhere. Okay, there. All right, love you. That's not good. Oh, that's better. Much, much better. No? No? Oh. Love you. Love you, sweetie. Um, Have you ever had one of those days? Those weeks? It's heavier than I thought. Where things just keep getting added? And we go through life, and, and we know there's verses like, like the verse in Matthew. I, I'm, and they're going to have to put it on the screen because there's no way I'm grabbing my Bible. Um, where, where Jesus himself says, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. We know that verse is there, right? He says, Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke, Jesus says, is easy and my burden is light. We we know those truths. But what do we do with that truth? Let's pray. God, we, we come this morning and I look out and I know there's burdens. Some burdens no one knows they're carrying but you. This morning's passage speaks to that. So Lord, I pray that you, you, God, will work. That your scripture will be real. God, that your church will thrive. God, use my words, use your scriptures to speak to our hearts. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, huh? No. You're going to preach the whole time? 
Sure, yeah, you can have a seat. That's okay. See, the thing is, as we come to Nathan's concern for me. Thank you, Nathan. I appreciate your concern. I, I do. See, we come to a passage like last week. What? We come to a passage like last week, and we, we hear the message of, of salvation. And, and we hear a message where it's declared that, that we have salvation without works. It's grace. It's given. We don't have to earn it. And it's at that point that we, are, we come to the cross, and we're told to lay our burdens down at the cross. And we're like, yes! Oh! See, Nathan? Oh, thank goodness. Trey, I don't know what's in that bag. Yeah, that is heavy. Oh. Oh. And we're like, yes! <laughs> wow, I didn't realize how, how that would be this morning. I think I crushed my glasses. And... We're like, that's it. No more. No more. The burden is gone, right? We come to the cross and the burden is gone. If only that were the case. If only we, we came and we were capable of throwing our sins and our burdens at the cross of Jesus. And at that very moment, life's struggles would be gone. At that moment, the, the temptations would no longer be. The moment we come to Jesus Christ, all suffering and pain and heartache would be absent. The message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The salvation you and I receive by grace is the greatest message in the world. But one of the greatest lies the enemy will try to tell you is when you come to Christ, everything will be perfect. Everything will be just wonderful. Just come to Jesus. And the thing is, is when we come to the message of salvation and we take it out of the context of Scripture, it can be a dangerous message. Because there's those that will tell you that all of this stays at the cross, right? And no more. There's the message of salvation. You come to Jesus, you receive that gift, and then you can live however you want. Oh, what bliss. And the truth is, when we come to the context of Scripture, God has expectations for you and I. 
Not to earn our salvation, that is given. But in expectation of how you and I are to live, to live this life and live it abundantly. I would would venture to say there's not a person here this morning that doesn't want to live life abundantly to the fullest. You see, at salvation, you and I, we become a child of God. In his household, he has those expectations. It's true that all of our sin and our filth, like we talked about last week, is laid upon Jesus Christ. And in return, his righteousness is poured out over you and I. What a trade. What a gift. We're told, as we read the scriptures, that we're to have the mind and attitude of Christ. That's a renewing of our mind, a new way of thinking, a new way of living. The old made new, fresh. It's called sanctification. That ongoing process, that ongoing work of becoming more and more like our Savior Jesus Christ. And we see it in Scripture, it's there, and we want that. Because as we read the pages of Scripture, we know, we see that, that to live a life modeled after the example of Jesus Christ is truly the greatest life you and I could live. But it's hard. Because truth be told, we come in, even as children of God, carrying baggage, burdens. Even on a Sunday morning, we walk in smiling, we sit down, But no one around us sees that baggage. No one around us sees those burdens. And we look up on the screen and we're like, crud. Press on. Press on toward the goal. That's what we're going to talk about? I don't think the pastor realizes I'm having a hard time even just sitting here. It's hard enough just to take that next breath, to take that next step, or even stand. And he's going to talk about pressing on. Oh, if only he knew. It's true, the chief end of our lives as his children, 
as recipients of his grace is to be conformed into the image of Jesus Christ himself. Sanctification. And it's to this end that Paul is writing those dearly beloved Philippians. Listen to what he says to those people that he loves so much. After sharing the gospel, refuting those that challenge people to earn, he says this, verse 12, chapter 3. Not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect, But I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward for what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize, for the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many are perfect, we'll talk about that word perfect here, have this attitude. And if anything, you have a different, any of you have a different attitude, God will reveal that also to you. However, let us keep living by the same standard for which we have attained. Paul is giving us a metaphor. It's a metaphor of running a race. And this would have been something very common and well-known to to the believers there in Philippi with with the Greek games and and runners. They love to run. But we're not talking about a sprint. A sprint is fast. You push hard and it's done. It's over. We're not talking here about the 3,000 meter or even the 10,000 meter run on a track, running in circles on a nice, smooth surface. That's, That's not what Paul's discussing here. He's looking at a marathon. Not just a marathon, a cross country marathon. I've watched track and I've watched cross country. I will take a track any day. I mean, my goodness, that's easy. No hills, none of that. You go cross country. All of a sudden, you you get mud. Have you ever tried running with mud on your feet? Feels like a ton of bricks. You want to run through wet grass and now you're slipping and sliding. You hit a hill and you're like, oh my word, and you're going up. Your pace slows, your muscles ache. And then you get to the top and you're like, yay, downhill. And that's not so good, actually. 
Because now you're, you're panicked and, and you can't keep your feet under you. There's rocks, there's, there's sticks and logs and branches. The ground is uneven and rugged. And just when you see a nice smooth field and you're like, oh, thank goodness, you start running and it's a marsh. It's dusty, it's dirty. And it's long. It's long. It's long. That's what Paul's talking about here. That's what he's giving the picture of. And I love the great Apostle Paul. I mean, when we think of Paul, we think like, man, one of the, like, I want to be like Paul. What a guy. And he goes and tells these Philippians, he goes, I haven't attained it yet. I'm not there yet. And they're going, man, we will never get there. If this guy can't do it, we can't. He's not there yet. He's running this race. And what a contrast. As he's, as he's saying, I'm not there yet, folks. To contrast those who would go and place the burden of works the things you have to do that would boast in what they have done and all their good works. What a contrast. But Paul says, I'm not there yet, folks. I'm not there. But I press on. I keep striving. On those hills, I put one step in front of another. When the burden of the weight on my feet is hard, I keep moving forward. I press on toward the goal. Think about pressing on toward the goal. The verbiage of pressing on. You're you're striving for something. I can't control the slides up here, guys, so you're going to have to jump for the next one there. But as you're striving for something, you're giving everything, everything you've got. You guys know what that's like, right? You've done that for different things. We're good at pressing on for things that we want, that we desire, that appeal to us. What an amazing mindset and attitude that Paul has here as he presses on in this area of his life, giving all his energy, all his effort to move forward. I'll tell you, I wouldn't want to do it with all that. And there's a goal. The goal is given to us in a beautiful format. We have four Gospels. Did you know that? Four Gospels that we can read and look at the life of Jesus Christ. And if that's a little bit, you know, just too soft and loving and graceful for you, here's another picture of Jesus Christ. Read Revelation. Revelation, the revealing of Jesus Christ, the full picture. Read those five books and you will get a good picture of who Christ is. You got your homework set out for you. 
There is a goal to be Christ-like, that perfection. Understanding that it's a progressing progress that you and I have. How's your progress? How's your stride been lately? You see, you and I are to move, we are to progress towards perfection. Understanding that you and I will never reach perfection, but we can get as close as we can to it. What a goal. By the way, you're not going to reach that goal in this life, but you can get closer. I appreciate that we're not given goals, we're not given directives in Scripture without recommendations. Actually, they're directives. They're not really recommendations. They're directives. We're told how to do this. And Paul says there's some things that you and I need to focus on if we are going to reach this goal. There's a focus. Remember, Paul's addressing runners in a race. And as with any race, when you and I run, I've watched more people run than run myself in races, but you run for a prize, a ribbon, a trophy, a time. I remember when, our, when my son was in cross country, he would run, and it wasn't necessarily even to beat the other guy, it was to beat his time. To better himself. But I've learned something in watching, observing runners. Not, not fully participating. I did swimming. Same, same principles apply. But in watching runners, I have learned that it's really, really bad to look back. I can't tell you how many times in a race I've watched a runner, and as they're running, they look back, and I've seen them trip. Bam! And they eat it. Oh, it's hard. Can't tell you how many times I've seen a runner out in front just leading the pack and as they look back, they see someone and it slows their pace. It slows them down enough that they take second. As you and I pursue, Paul says, don't look back. You can trip, you can fall, stumble. It always slows your pace. It's impossible to keep the same pace if you look back. Some of you are runners thinking about that right now, aren't you? I want, I want you to notice again verses 13 and 14. Paul says this, but one thing I do, oh cool, you guys brought it up there even, you guys are good. 
One thing I do. Note this down. Highlight that. Just underline that. This is one thing he does that really helps him in that running the race. Forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Paul's saying, don't look back, church. Stay focused. Keep your eyes where they need to be. Forgetting what's behind. What would Paul, what on earth would Paul have to forget about that was behind him? In the context of what we're looking at, forgetting all those things that he had tried to earn the love and grace of Christ. You see, sometimes we still somehow try to hold on to that. I, I know God loved me enough to send his son. I, I do. Oh, but God, I'm, I'm going to do this, and I know that'll make you love me more. I'm so glad that I did this or that because, man, I want to contribute a little bit here, God. I'm not saying your son wasn't enough, but I I need, well, he wasn't enough. I I need to do something for sure, right? I mean, goodness. So I'll just, I'll carry that around, but that's good stuff. That's, those are good things I'm doing for you, God. So I'll just, I'll carry that. I'm looking back, but only looking back to that good. And you keep going. Keep going. Maybe as you're going, you're like, you know, I gave all, I laid all those sins at the cross, but, you know, there's that one. Yeah, it's, yeah, here it is. Yeah, okay. It, it's got wheels. That's not going to slow me down too much. I can, I've run through airports with this. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that with me. You know, it's it's a little one. It's not too heavy, especially with the wheels. I can still... It's not one of those bad sins. I mean, like like everybody just, you know. Not one of those. I mean, nobody will know. It's just... I I enjoyed it, and it doesn't bother anybody, really. So I'll just take that with me. So we keep running, right? And we make excuses. But as we're running and we look back, we remember. And we hold on to some of those regrets. How many of you have regrets? Three of you. Man, I'd have to put both hands up. I have so many regrets. You know, God, it's not fair for you to have to, yeah, it's not fair for you to have to, to die for that. I, I feel so bad about that. 
And really, to let go of it is to say it's no big deal to you, right, God? So I'll just hold on to those regrets. Because, God, I don't want you to bear that. You're better than that, God. I'll hold that. And we go on, and we go on. And those memories are still there. We know that God has forgiven us, but as we look back, we see pain. There's suffering, there's hurts that were done. Sins against us. And you know, it's it's frustrating. I'm I'm just going to... I'm going to remember those because I don't want to be like that. So I'll I'll remember those as I look back. But so I don't fall into that myself. And I'll just carry that with me. Those those memories and hurts and, and pains. And we go through life. Living the victorious Christian life, right? We come to church, we're holding these things, we're like... Sure glad I left that at the cross. Woo! <laughs> Man, <laughs> those guys that don't do that, feel for them. <sighs> oh, man, that's, that's, a, that's a big hill. And then we, we look at our lives, we read the scriptures, and we're like, how come I'm not progressing? How come I'm not moving forward in, in this Christian walk, run, marathon. And we come and we, we see that pastor's talking about pressing on. Pastor, I'm working hard at it, okay? I know you have all these expectations and I know you say they're from God and stuff, but man, I'm doing the best I can. And we justify carrying these things. In our Christian mind, we justify it. And Paul's saying, no! Focus! There's a goal! There's something greater! Get rid of that! Run! Shoot! Get rid of the jacket even! I mean, it's gonna... We're gonna go! Sorry, it was getting really hot up here. I had to do that. (laughs) Just a minute. <laughs> Should have turned the AC on a little bit. I mean, Paul talks about this not only to the Philippians, he talked to the Corinthians about this. I mean, look at what he says to the Corinthian church. It's pretty explicit here. He says, Do you not know? In other words, <laughs> church, you should know this. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run? But only one receives the prize. Run in such a way that you may win. I'm telling you, with all that stuff, you are not going to win. Looking back, holding on to that, you're not going to win the prize. You're not even going to finish the race some days. Paul says, you've got to get rid of this. He says, you know how to run for those temporal things that bring trophies and ribbons and prizes and accolades. 
You know how to strive. This pressing on that he's saying is using every ounce of your being. You are pushing and pushing, and when you think you can't push anymore, you give it a little bit more. And we're so good at doing that for the temporal, for that job, for that thing that we love, for, for, for the, the praises of men. We'll do that, we'll strive. But will we do it for the eternal? Truth is, the amount of effort most of us give the eternal is this. <laughs> okay, I'll switch legs. Whew. Because we're so bogged down with the burdens. The past. We keep looking back. We keep holding on with a clenched fist. And we're like, I don't know how to do that. Paul's talking about a focus and a prize, and I'm just glad I show up on a Sunday. that box what's really cool about this as Paul says this is a team effort church this is a team effort I love that as Paul is, is writing to the Philippians he changes from I and me to we and us The way you and I are going to accomplish this is working together. New American Standard translates the verse perfect. Let us, therefore, notice the us, let us, therefore, as many as are perfect, well, that would rule out everybody, including Paul, and there would be no team. What it's talking about is those that are mature, who are further along in the race, getting closer. If we could go to the next slide there. Think about it when it says mature. You know what's really amazing about this race? is each one of us, you, me, everybody around you, are at different stages of that race. And we're running along. And we're not out there just running for ourselves and going, you know, and run and keep going. No! As you and I are going along, we're like, hey, listen, <laughs> I carried that burden. I dropped it way back there. Let me tell you, you can make some really good progress if you just get rid of this thing, okay? Here, I'll help you, and you just throw it over there. Don't look at it again. Just keep going forward. Keep that focus. You ever seen runners in a race? 
And they come up along someone who's really struggling. They're like, come on, man, you can do it. You got this. The finish line's there. Push, push. I have. It's an amazing thing. We've probably all watched those Special Olympic videos where one person even falls down and they all stop, they help him up, and they run together. Wow! What a picture of what the church should do. We're at different stages. I appreciate what Stuart Briscoe said. He summarized this uh, this way. He goes, I am complete in the sense that I have grown as far as I can to the present. And I'm ready for the next lesson. I'm ready for the next lesson. I appreciate that at the point of salvation, God didn't say, here's everything you have to be tomorrow. God graciously in that race says, here, now we're going to do this. Now we're going to work on removing this because you know what? What you're carrying here doesn't look like my son, Jesus Christ. So we're going we're to take that off. And as soon as that is off and, and, I, and I get that pace, he goes, hey, Jed, you know, there's something here in your life. Let's remove this and you can even go faster and farther. Oh, okay, all right. One at a time, he takes that off. And we as a church need to be gracious. I appreciate what the writer of Hebrews challenged people. Hebrews 6, 1, it says, Therefore, leaving the elementary teaching about the Christ, let us press on to maturity. See, the problem is, is so many of us come, we come to salvation, we believe, we, we place our faith in Jesus, we throw it at the cross, and we're like, yay! And we stay there. We see other people running, we're like, what are you doing? There's a race to be run, folks. Don't stay at the elementary things of just the gospel and thinking that that God doesn't want more of your life, more for you. Mature. Run. Strengthen those muscles. Rip them. Tear them. Build them. So you can run faster and farther. And as you do, God will say, hey, let's get rid of this bag now. Pretty soon you realize, wow, God, this feels so good. He's like, yeah, I want the best for you. Some of you this morning came in feeling the way I looked up here. Burdened. Holding on to things in your life with a clenched fist. Struggling. 
truth be told, to take the next step. Some of you maybe came this morning still carrying the weight and burden of your sin. Not realizing that Jesus Christ paid for it all. That's why He came. And that you can lay the burden of your sin at the cross. Some need to forget what lies behind. It has been dragging you down. It has been slowing you in your progress of of being Christ-like. You see the goal and you know that you have to forget that past and focus on the goal. Wherever you're at this morning, whatever it is, God can do that work. Wolverd says this as he summarizes this passage. He says, No doubt the greatest need among God's people is to live up to what they already have in Christ. Most live far below their exalted position in Christ. And Paul's plea to the Philippians, Paul's plea to you and I today is that we live up to what we have already attained in Christ Jesus. Let's encourage one another to live, run, and let's do it together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, once again, you see those burdens. And God, you have been trying with some of us for quite some time to to get us to let go. For some God, maybe to let go of trying to do it on our own and, uh, and receive that gift of salvation that your Son, Jesus Christ, paid so great a price for. God, others need you to remove the baggage and burdens. So God, I ask that you do a work. We can't do this on our own. God, I pray as a church that we would be gracious and gentle, yet forthright to encourage, direct, to challenge each other to run this race to the fullest. Oh, and God, may we keep the goal in sight. Your Son, Jesus Christ. That one day, God, as we come before your throne, we will receive that crown of victory. Not a crown that perishes, oh, but a God, a crown for eternity that we could even lay them at your feet. So God, may you work in your church. And may you use us to spur each other on. In Jesus' name.
Amen.